Welcome to The Buck Stops here, the official audio show of NotInHallOfFame.com, and I'm your host, Kurt Buckner, The Buck, the owner and operator of NotInHallOfFame.com, the sister sites, the fictitious athlete Hall of Fame, the fictitious rock and roll Hall of Fame. It's season one, episode 46 of the Hall of Fame show, and Evan Nolan and I, we've got quite a bit to talk about today. Uh, the Baseball Hall of Fame has announced their ballot, or they've unveiled their ballot, rather. Uh, 25 people on it, and we do a bit of a preview, not necessarily a prediction at this point, because, well, about a week prior to the actual announcement, we usually have a pretty good idea who's going to get in and who's not, uh, and we sort of explain why that is. And we also look at a couple of tragic passings, uh, that of former Green Bay Packer Paul Horning and former Miami Dolphin Jake Scott. Without further ado, here's Evan. Evan, how are you? I hear things are good in Chicago, but maybe not so well in Budapest. Yeah, I'm telling you, we we joked last week, and I knew, I said at the time, it was a bad idea to to say that the the beige mistress had taken her, uh, had taken a a break here, but uh, she, she struck only once in the sports world, but like, if you go on Wikipedia for this week, Mm -hmm. there's like, Five Hungarian folks, everyone from an actor to writers to, uh, like, all over the place. Uh, but the only person who, I guess, goes for our, uh, our uh, needs here are, it's the awesomely named Attila Horvath. That is uh, an awesome name. Discus- yeah, it's a pretty amazing name. <laughs> um, but he died from COVID at the age of 53. He oh. uh, was... Yeah, he was uh, represented Hungary in the Olympic Games in '96 and uh, and in '92 in Barcelona. He finished fifth in Barcelona, tenth in Atlanta, so and third in the World Championships in Tokyo, Japan in '91. So, so she's back. She's back. Yeah, mm-hmm. she she had a heck of a week. He was the Hungarian Athlete of the Year in 1994. Damn. Yeah. Not very old either. I mean, no, not not very much. You know, you wouldn't think that when we're doing a Hall of Fame show that Budapest would be the first city that we're thinking of. Yeah, well, he actually was, he was in, um, he's born in, I can't, Hungarian is like the hardest language to pronounce, I think, of any language in Europe. So he was born in Kuzeg. But passed away, and you ready for this one? Zombatheli? S-Z-O-M-B-A-T-H-E-L-Y. So it's actually not Budapest. I can't tell you where Zombatheli is. And that's where he was. So she took a, maybe she took a break from, uh, from Budapest. Zombatheli, in case you're wondering, is the 10th largest city in Hungary and the administrative center of Vos County in the west of the country near the border of Austria. You know what? I was wondering that. <laughs> I'm just trying to get any. I'm trying to get anyone to sponsor us, and if, it's, if we need a sister city program in the city of Zombatheli, Hungary, to get some money, I think that's what we should get. Nice. So, all right. So, should, I, I, I think we should just go to like our main event, uh, which is the Baseball Hall of Fame has put out their ballot, and I, I love looking at their ballot, not just who's back, but who wasn't included. And this, I, I think when you and I are talking about this, we're not talking about necessarily what we think is going to happen because uh-huh. six weeks from now, there's a great 
Twitter handle, uh, Ryan Thibodeau, not Mr. Tibbs is what he calls himself. That And this is one of those things, like, why the hell didn't I think of that? Because all he does, he just compiles uh, what people are, the actual baseball voters are doing. So, like, at that point in time, like, the week before, we can sort of have a pretty good idea of who's going to get in or who's going to come close. But right now, what you and I can do is just sort of, like, look at who's on the ballot and what they need to do. Yeah. And and I'd like to talk about a few of them who I expected to make the ballot and didn't. Because mm-hmm. um, there's, a, there's a big list of... There are a lot... So this year is not a year... So in order to be eligible for this year, for you had to retire in 2015 or before. And 2015 was retirement age of a lot of... Uh, retirement year of a lot of good players. I don't even say very good players. But good players. Mm-hmm. Um, and not really anyone who may ever get into the Hall of Fame. Would you agree with that? Yeah, totally. I totally agree with that. Yeah, so so there's some interesting people who showed up and who didn't show up on this list. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, a clear, there's a clear, no offense, but there's a clear last place person on this list. Uh, <laughs> I'm not sure, I'm not sure how, who Michael Kadire, uh knows in the committee. But he is by far the worst player mm-hmm. on the ballot. I'd agree. I'd um, agree. Uh, and, and one person who didn't qualify because he didn't play enough was Josh Hamilton. Because mm. in order to be on the ballot, you have to play at least 10 years. And Hamilton only had nine. Um, so he didn't qualify to be on the ballot. So the reason he's not here. Um, and that, that's a guy who, I mean, of all the people whose careers are completely ruined by drugs, uh, I mean... In baseball, and Strawberry and Doc Gooden are probably one and two. But Josh Hamilton's got to be number three, you'd imagine. Yeah, um, I, I would agree with that. Uh, my, I guess my first uh, – well, we're going a little bit backwards to what I was sort of thinking, but which is all right. Uh, for me, the player who didn't qualify the most that just sticks out in my mind, only because I remember watching him play a couple times uh, when I went actually to Cleveland for a bit was Greedy Sizemore. Yeah, Sizemore's my number one person. Uh, Sizemore's a significantly better player than Kadire. Yeah. Uh, he's my number one person who didn't make this ballot, who's surprising. Yeah. Um, I, I, I don't think there's... On, I'm, I'm getting this up here. i uh, just hitting his war here. I also say that uh, with David Ardsma not making the list, uh, Hank Aaron's record of being alphabetically first is safe uh, in, the, in the baseball hall of fame. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think I told you that story before. His first his first pitching appearance for the Giants, he came out and after the game, uh, the reporters were interviewing him and told him that he had broken the major league record by being the alphabetically first person ever to uh, appear in a major league game, breaking Hank Aaron's record. And they said, "What do you, do you have anything <laughs> to say about that?" And his response was, "I'd like to thank my parents." <laughs> <laughs> nice. So, um, yeah, so he, he didn't make it. He was fifth in war. Um, so he played 10 seasons, 27.7 war, which is nowhere near the Hall of Fame. Hamilton is a 28.2, by the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kadire is all the way down at 17.7. Um, but Sizemore is definitely the, the best player who did not 
who did not make this. Uh, I, I, I always like David Jesus, who's not on this list. Uh, Alex Rios is probably more famous for his bad contract than anything else. <laughs> uh, but those are those are probably the top the top guys who didn't make it. I would say on the ballot, unless you're a big uh, uh, I don't know. John, well, I love Johnny Gomes, but if you're a big uh, Randy Wolf fan or Dan Uglo or Bruce Chen, Dan Uglo, Rafael Soriano, he Uglo sorry, had a few good years though. Uh, there was a time like Ugla Sizemore, like, and again, going back to Sizemore, just only because I happened to be in a game, or not in a game, obviously I didn't play at that, uh, in Cleveland watching that, and he was clearly the best player there. He was the, he was the, like, he was the main star. So, like, in 2008, if you were to say to me, okay, we're going to have, or, Baseball Hall of Fame ballot and Sizemore wouldn't have been on it, I would have been surprised. Mm-hmm. Ugla, too. I mean, like, but he became more famous just for his folly more than anything else. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. So, yeah, I'm, I, I'm a little surprised he's up there. And I, I did say uh, Soriano. Uh, Raphael Soriano is a very good closer for a while. That has the most saves of anybody who retired this year and didn't make it either. Also, Corey Hart, meaning that Corey Hart is now eligible for two Hall of Fames. It's not going to get it either, no matter how often he wears his sunglasses at night. Damn it! So. I was going to fucking do that, you asshole. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. I'm, I'm, this, this podcast is just usually just stealing your jokes ahead of time. Yeah, so. no, I appreciate that. <laughs> All right, so I guess we should... <laughs> Damn it! That was my that was my bet. Uh, the returning candidates. Uh, we we got to tell us that we had like a we had like an eight minute conversation before this podcast. It was a record for us. <laughs> got to tell me your setup line ahead of time. Yeah, well, like well, I, I suck. I suck. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we should get to the actual ballot. Yeah. So the highest returning uh, returning man, Kurt Schilling, seventy percent last year, mm-hmm. ninth year. He's keeping his mouth shut because Kurt Schilling mm-hmm. should have been in the Baseball Hall of Fame at least four, three, five years ago. Would you agree with that? Yeah, it's surprising. It's, it's surprising he's out this long. Um, his mouth has something to do with it. The fact he may or may not have stolen $70 million from the state, state of Rhode Island um, <laughs> may have something to do with it. Um, I wonder how much his lack of performance at the Mitchell hearings. Mm. He's the one person who's at the Mitchell hearings who's not really accused of doing any sort of drugs. It was looked to be sort of the outspoken voice of reason. It was really underwhelming in that situation. I wonder if that has something to do with it. Um, yeah. I wonder if the fact that uh, Yankees fans still are convinced there was ketchup on the sock has something to do with it. But he was clearly the best pitcher on two World Series winning teams mm-hmm. and still a very good pitcher on a third. Um, so, well, I take that back. 2000, he's the best, well, he was with Randy Johnson and Pedro Martinez on those other two teams. So it's hard to say he was the best on either of those teams. But he was no worse than 1B right. on either of those teams. I mean, he shared the, the MVP 
with Johnson at a one. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's going to be interesting. I know we're not talking about who necessarily is getting in, but I don't think the Hall's going to want to have another empty class like they had, what, in 2013? Right. When, uh, but around there? There, there is no empty class in theory because whoever gets into this class will just join the 2020 class. I guess that's true. Which I guess that is true. indirectly helps Kurt because this is my my opinion anyway. Kurt Schilling is unliked by the voters, but anyone who is logical has to look at Kurt Schilling and say he he belongs. If they wait yeah. another year, Kurt Schilling will be a headliner. Here he's what second, third. It's Jeter. It's Derek Jeter and everyone else. Yeah, Jeter, Walker, and, and then whoever gets in. So, I mean, because I think there's only two players that have a chance of getting in this year. And it's, one is, one is uh, Schilling, who had 70% of the vote, mm-hmm. and almost nobody's gotten that high has not gotten in. Uh, and the other one's way much, much further down, only got 52% of the vote. Yep. I think it jump all the way up, but that's Omar Vizquel. Right. Because I don't, the two in the between there, so Schilling finished third, Vizquel finished sixth, the two in between are Clemens and Bonds, and they haven't really moved much in a while now. They've been basically stuck between, you know, 50 and 60, or 55 and 62. Right, right. For the last five years. So there isn't a ton of movement. I just feel like if the people don't want to, they're going to want to vote for someone. Mm-hmm. If they don't want to vote for, if they want, they may hold their nose and vote for Schilling, but they don't want to. It's entirely possible they can talk themselves into Omar Vizquel. So they could. Uh, Schilling is just so close, and he wasn't tapped with the PED thing. I mean, he was and he wasn't. Mm-hmm. You know, if that makes sense. So this would be the like for those who don't like him in terms of voters. And then uh, let's just use you and I as an example. Like we're sort of like becoming not friends, but, you know, like associates with people who in vir- virtual halls of fame, right? Yeah. It does affect an opinion. Yeah. Yeah. So, like with Kurt no, Schilling, great. yeah. So with 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 Schilling, this is the year to put him in. In if you don't like him and you know he belongs. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah, because because next year is all going to be about Clemens and Bonds and what you're going to do with him. Right. Because right because what happens is they we had the problem where we had too many people on the ballot who needed to get in. Mm-hmm. And then they didn't know through the PED guys, instead of like making it so people could vote for more than 10, they decided to limit your time in the ballot to 10 years, which is the opposite of what they should have done. They should have right. kept it at 15 and gotten rid of the 10 person cap. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and it came to head in 2013 where they voted nobody in. By the way, if Schilling gets in, do you know how many people from that 2013 ballot will be Hall of Famers by the end of the year? No. Ooh. Take, take a guess. How many people on that ballot are going to be Hall of Famers who, when they elected nobody in 2013? Two. 
No, this will be the ninth. Ninth, okay. Well, fuck. So guess the number. Yeah, I, the, I, I the, the top six that year were Craig Biggio, Jack Morris, Jeff Bagwell, Mike Piazza, Tim Raines, Lee Smith. Then Schilling, Clemens, and Barnes. Then Edgar Martinez, Alan Trammell, Larry Walker. Well, 2-9. That, that was close. Yeah. And the guy after that is Fred McGriff, who we b- both think as soon as he gets to that seniors committee, he's going to get in. Um, mm-hmm. So they're, it's just stupid how, how they did that in 2013. Like, they're going to have – I mean, Clemens and Bonds eventually I think are going to get in. That means the top 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13. The top 14 people from that whole – from that class of data, and they didn't elect anybody. Anyway, off topic. Okay, so, um, so, so do we talk about Clemens and Bonds right now, both of which eclipse the 60% mark? Uh, I'm not sure about yourself, but five years ago, I did not think they could hit the 60 point. What do you think? I wasn't sure. Um, it all the uh, there's... There's still an issue. There's, oh, there's always double standards on how we do things, um, particularly in baseball. I mean, Robbie Cano, this week, got suspended for a year for a second yep. negative drug test. Yeah. Right? And then Miguel Ozuna, or what, what, he's the guy who was with the Blue Jays and then got traded to the Astros. Ozuna, is his first name Miguel? I can't remember. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but he beat the hell out of his wife. And didn't get that bad of suspension. Like, just the double standards on things that we have in baseball anyway. And don't get me started on Joe Torre and particularly Tony La Russa in the Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. But we can't get we can't get Sheffield and McGuire and Kid Seiko in because they were cheating. But the managers of the teams that they were cheating on are already Hall of Famers. And Bud Seelig's a Hall of Famer, which is a whole separate category. Um, so... The moralism that exists among the baseball writers, I don't know if I ever thought he'd get to 60, but it's kind of crazy that it's taken this long, particularly since several of the other people were accused of drug use. Mike Piazza, Yvonne Rodriguez, um, uh, who else is in the hall who was accused? Um, well, those are the big two. And the, you know, those are the big two. Um mm-hmm. But, I mean, there are whispers. I mean, there were whispers about Bagwell for years. That's true. No proof, yep. but there were whispers about him. Yeah. Um, so, all those guys in the hall, they're all the players who definitely used amphetamines in the 70s. They're all the players, like, like I've said before, I have no proof of this, and I'm not saying it. But if someone told me Ricky Henderson was using steroids through the end of his career with the way he was built, I would not, that would not have shocked me either. Right? Mm-hmm. Um and so all those guys are kind of, you know, gray are in. And then these two guys who never were officially proven to have used steroids, but heavily accused are not, who are clearly one of the best five pitchers and one of the five best hitters in baseball history, would you say? Uh, I'd say top three for both. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I'm, I'm going minimum of, of five, right? Right. Like, I don't know how many other hitters were walked in the first inning with nobody on, like Bonds used to be. Um, Clemens has got seven Cyons. Oh, by the way, there, there's an article came out when they announced this. They Someone had the best Hall of Famer, or best player not in the Hall of Fame from each team. And for the Red Sox, it was David Ortiz. 
And with all respect to David Ortiz, David Ortiz they never won seven MVP awards. Mm-hmm. The best player not in the Hall of Fame for the Boston Red Sox is Roger Clemens. Agreed. And I love me some David Ortiz. He won three championships in a city that had never won a baseball championship for four generations. Uh, but, but Clemens is, if you're having an all-time draft, you're taking drugs out of the situation. Clemens is drafted, uh, depending on if you're doing one for every team, I don't know, 14 rounds before Ortiz. We can't, couldn't play the field. So, anyway. Um, yeah, where were we? I'm sorry, I got distracted in my own story. Oh, we were talking about uh, Clemens Bonds. Uh, the same issue that goes on. I, I think that you, you've sent this to me many times. Who are the voters who would say Clemens, yeah. yes, Bonds, no, or vice versa? How? Yeah, I, I've always wondered because Clemens has always been ahead of Bonds by a little bit. So the first year, Clemens got 37.6, Bonds 36.2. Like, but Clemens has always been slightly ahead, and it's by like two or three votes every time. I don't get it. Like, it's not like Clemens was nicer to the media than Bonds was. No. I mean, so, I've, I've, never, I've never understood that. So last year he got 61% and Bonds got 60.7. So it's probably like a two-vote difference. But who are those two dudes? Yeah, I, I, I think we're going to get to there when we get to Sammy Sosa, when we're looking bo- like uh, below here. but And, like, one's white, one's black. But, like... <sighs> it's Sammy Sosa's now both. Sorry. <laughs> well, there's that. No, yeah, no, well done. Uh <laughs> but still, it's like I'm probably going to I'm probably going to hell for that comment. Oh well, uh, anyway, well I'll, I'll see you there. Like, a, like a, mine's going to be the condo below you. <laughs> but when you look at like Clemens and Bonds, here we have two guys who were. How do I put? Okay, well, let's go to let's go to Sammy Sosa now. Uh, Sosa, okay. okay, okay, Clemens Bonds were. Okay, even during this period where we knew there were shenanigans, they were let's let's just say call it what it is, assholes. Sammy Sosa was mm-hmm. an undercover asshole, and then people figured out he was an asshole. Mm-hmm. There's a bit of a difference yeah, there. But Sam, everyone loved him up until the the congressional testimony. Sure. But they all, but the people who were sort of like in the position where they're either voting for Hall of Fame, opinion, whatever you want to call it, Sammy was that one guy where it's like, well, fuck, you were lying to me. Mm-hmm. No one thought that about Roger. No one thought that about Barry. Those were two guys who were superstars and like, if you don't like me, well... I don't care. Screw you. Sammy played the game and Sammy was lying. Yeah. And I do think it affects his vote. I really do. Because like all the people who were actually voting on the Baseball Hall of Fame, uh, Roger Clemens, Barry Bonds, they never sort of like kissed ass. Sammy did. Yeah. 
and he kissed ass, and then he lied about it. The other two didn't. And let's be honest, Barry and, and Roger were better than Sammy. Which is crazy to say, because Sammy Sosa was so good. Yeah. And I really do believe that it comes down to this weird people voting. And I, I think maybe because of the, the project that we'll talk about later in future shows that you and I are working on. This shit matters. I really believe it. Yeah. Because one of the people who's still above Sammy is Manny Ramirez. Mm-hmm. Is a definitive drug user. Right. He failed, I can't remember, he failed at least twice. I can't remember if it's the third time. But he failed at least twice. Uh, but Manny's, now, Manny's a lovable doofus. Manny's sort of the baseball version of Rob Gronkowski, in a way. Like, nobody really takes, took him too seriously. He was just kind of a fun-loving guy who loved, had a sweet swing, loved to hit the ball. Mm-hmm. And he's got essentially twice as many votes as Sammy does at this point uh, going yep. in. And he started four years after Sammy did. Although he's not going up very much either in, in that whole system. He's been hovering around the... Uh, Hovering around the twenty low twenties uh, on these ballots for years now. Oh, he's Urkel. Um, he he's Steve Urkel. Did <laughs> like, I okay. do that? Because he Ramirez. And you're right. Yeah. Ramirez should not be this much higher than Sosa. I mean, I think Ramirez was a better overall hitter than Sosa, um, but. Uh, yeah, I mean, in terms of any one championship, Sosa did not do. Uh, or he won a championship, which mm-hmm. Sosa did not do. Um, so, was, I, was he still in the 07 team? I'm trying to remember. I can't remember right now. Um, but he also threw down the traveling secretary of the Red Sox, and, uh, uh, yep. and Sammy never did anything like that either. So yeah, okay. We'll get to Sammy. Sammy did his own shit. Uh, I want to go. I want to ask you questions though about Clemens and Bonds. So both of them had sixty-one. Yeah. Well, Clemens sixty-one percent, uh, Bonds sixty point seven. What do you yeah. think they need to get? What percentage to sort of like evolve to the potential like ten-year thing? Because they're they're going in their ninth year. Well, here's the thing: if they had 15 years, they'd get in. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think um, they don't, but if they did, they get in. Um, so next year, because I think that has something to do with it too. Who's going to be up next year? Um, so next year's top people coming in, well, are David Ortiz and Alex Rodriguez. <laughs> um, next, yeah, I know that's going to be interesting. Um, it'll be interesting if Ortiz gets in and nobody, none of the other guys do. Uh, the others, by the way, Mike, Mark Teixeira, Jimmy Rollins, Coco Cricks, Carl Crawford, Justin Morneau, Prince Fielder. Just a better overall group of players in this year's. Um, 
So I think in order to get there, knowing that next class has some serious discussion and people who are going to be on the ballot for a while, I think to share and Rollins are certainly candidates to be on the, uh, on the ballot for a while. Um, I would say they need at least 67%. I was going to say 65. I think we need to get to 67. Yeah, I was, I was thinking the same thing. I was actually looking at 67.5. So, and, and I hope they do. I really do. Uh, before we sort of like go any further, I think you and I are the same ilk where if you didn't, like, and this is sort of like more in Major League Baseball, what was your rules at certain point? Clemens and Bonds, okay, we both know. I think we all know that they cheated, but there was no rule in Major League Baseball. You know, fair to say? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I still bring it up when they had the home run, der- the home run chase between McGuire and Sosa. There's that one reporter who noticed the, the vial in Mark McGuire's locker and asked him about it. Right. And yeah. the rest of the baseball reporters turned on the dude. Like, how dare you? It was in his personal locker. And these are the same people now standing in judgment of McGuire that he used. Right. Like, the hypocrisy in baseball, like I said, no one hates their sport more than baseball and baseball writers. Mm-hmm. Like, they just hate themselves, and I don't get it. Um, but, yeah, no, I, I think if they had 15 years, both those guys would get in. Uh, They're not going to have 15 years because the way they change the rules, I don't think they're going to get in this way. I think they're going to have to end up on committees all the time. We're going to have to be hearing about this for the next 20 years. I I honestly think that they did this sort of like they changed the 15 years to 10 years with the hope that they could eliminate the PED guys. I really believe that. Yeah. And I hope... Yeah, but I mean... I was just going to say, I hope for that reason, I hope that Clemens and Bonds get in, because I would vote for them if I could. Uh, so I guess moving on, we have Omar Vizquel, who I find very interesting. 52.8% last year. It would not shock me if he just shocks the world and goes to 75. What do you think? Yeah, I, t- I told you that. I think that he's the best. He and, the, and can I just go to the person just below him on the list at the same time? Please. Yeah, so he and Scott Rowland mm-hmm. have the absolute best chance of jumping up. You think Rowland will way. go from will will get in though? No, no, but it, I wouldn't be shocked if Rowland is right under. I mean, am I right under? I mean, like within a percentage point of two of Clemens and Moss. Okay, fair enough. So, do you think Omar is going to get in though this year? Because like I don't think I, I don't think he will, but I think he's going to come between a sixty-five and seventy. I think that Bonds and Clemens should hope he does. Hmm. Because if he's on the ballot next year, and Ortiz and Rodriguez are in there as well, 
going to be easier to vote for Vizquel above all of that other no- noise. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If he's in already, they don't have to worry about that as much. Okay. No, fair enough. Uh, so should we look? Because I, 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 I think Ortiz is going to be a first ballot next year. Um, he has over 500 home runs and allegedly had the, the drug issue in 2003, although we, we can't prove it one or another. His name, his name and A-Rod's were leaked as having used some illicit substance, but no names were supposed to be leaked, and they had no idea whether they did or not. So they have no way to defend themselves. So he had that, but he had never, he never had a drug test after that that failed, unlike A-Rod. Um, so I think that Ortiz, the, Ortiz, I think, is going to be first ballot next year, and they're going to have to decide what to do with A-Rod. Um, but... If Ortiz and Vizquel are both there, that may be the class. This is going to be crazy. It's going to be absolutely crazy. You're going to have you got Arod, Clemens, and Bonds all in the same ballot, and none of them are going to get in. Okay, so then beyond that, uh, we've got. Uh, all right, so let's talk about Roland. Up, uh, all right. You know what I feel about Billy Wagner. Uh, Wagner thirty one point seven last year. I know how you feel about the. I know how very much how you feel about Billy Wagner. Yeah, uh, yeah, <laughs> I know you do. So, like, uh, does Wagner get to forty percent? Oh, I think he does. I mean, who's who's the, who's his competition for relievers on this list? Zero. Uh, Latroy Houghton? No, there there is none. Doesn't mean I think he should get so, there. I think I still think no, Wagner sucks for this, but okay. Yeah, well, you you have a big standard on uh, performance in the playoffs. I do, um, which is very important. Which is again, Schilling. It's the Jack Morris argument, except Schilling was a better pitcher than Jack Morris. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, he's. He's probably going to get. He's at thirty-one point seven. Well, part of it, too, this year, by the way, I don't know if you noticed, this is a really small ballot. Yeah, I have. Yeah, yeah. Well, they're, only, they're only 25. Last year, there were 33. The year before that, there were 36. So there's, like, more, like, oh, going back to 20, what year is this? There were 38 in 20, or 37 in 2013 when they elected nobody. Like, so I wonder if that's going to allow people to concentrate on a few more players. And vote a little bit more. So I think he does get to 40, looking at it. Okay. Which is kind of amazing. All right. So I I can debate Wagner another day. Uh, The next person that I look at, who I really like, Gary Sheffield. Uh, I like Sheffield, too. Yeah, I I like him a lot. He's got to the 30 point. I didn't think he'd even get there. But here he is. Like what do yeah, you think? Another 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 bit of a petulant player that that doesn't help him particularly with the drug stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think uh, his, his whole, whole way. Sorry, go ahead. No, well, I was gonna say I th- I, th- I think Sheffield, if he's lucky in the next few years, he gets to the fifty point, and, but that's about it. He's not getting in the baseball off him. Yeah, it's crazy because if you look at the Hall of Fame monitors for this ballot, uh, Sheffield is the seventh best player on the ballot. 
mm-hmm. according to the Hall of Fame monitor. Bonds, Clemens, Ramirez. Bonds, Clemens are both super ridiculously high. Ramirez also very high. Sosa. Then the next guy on this list, Todd Help. And then Schilling, Schilling Sheffield, Pettit, Kent, Vizquel, uh, Andrew Jones, Wagner. Wagner's yeah. over 100. I'm sorry, man. <laughs> and I love Gary Sheffield. It just he also bounced around, which didn't help him either. Yeah, and some of that's not his fault because he, well, his his forcing his way out of Milwaukee was his fault. But then he was on that awesome Padres team. I don't remember that team that had like what uh, five All Stars or five All Star starters in '92, and then they just decided to trade everybody off. And then he ends up on the on the Marlins team that went to World Series, and then they trade everybody off. Um, so I mean, it's not like his, forcing his way out of Milwaukee was was an ego thing, and that was his fault. But it's not his fault he kept ending up being traded to teams that had no interest in winning long term. They were poor and got a good team and dealt everybody. I just want to go backwards, um, but it doesn't help when you're trying to get in the hall. Yeah, so. I, I got to go backwards. When you said awesome and Padres team, how often does those two words go together? It does happen. Oh, very, very well. <laughs> right. But they, they, had, they had Gwyn, McGriff, mm. uh, Sheffield, uh, Tony Fernandez, I think, was a starter. Um, I'm trying to remember who was on that Padres team. But it was such a good team, and then they blew it up. And they end up on the, the ridiculous out-of-nowhere winning 93 Marlins team that made all Cubs fans and Red Sox fans cry in their beer. <laughs> so we've got Todd Helton. Uh, Helton, I think, will be – I think he's going in at some point with the Colorado Rockies. Uh, I love this player. Uh, he, he'll get there 29.2% last year. I don't think I'm wrong, am I? Yeah, I think he'll get in too. Um, Walker's in now, which I think helps him with uh, people who are folks that one Colorado guy maybe at a time. Um, Helton, Helton, I think, deserves to be there. Um, yeah, I, I'd, say, I'd say eventually he gets in. It's going to take a little bit of time, though, I think. Yeah. So, uh, so you mentioned uh, Manram, uh, 28.2% last year. Uh the one that I can't stop thinking about, Robinson Cano, uh, this year, or just this week, rather. <sighs> wow. Mm-hmm. Uh, he got his year-long suspension. We don't know if uh, Robbie's going to come back. Probably not. So Cano, if you look at his jaws, and if you look at his overall war. He's a Hall of Famer, but barely, in my opinion. So now, but if you yeah. look, but if you compare him to Manram, he's below that. Does the suspension, and in my opinion, it does, completely eliminate Robinson Cano from the Baseball Hall of Fame? No. No. I'd say no, because I don't know exactly. I think everything changes if more steroids guys get in. Okay, um, fair enough. I don't say it, I don't say it entirely eliminates him, 
I think it's going, I'm going to give him, I'd say he's 99% out, but there's still a possibility with his career and everything that he might get in. Um, I think, I think it's going to be very difficult. He's really near some big counting numbers and had he gotten there, he may have to stick around to get there. Um, But I don't think it officially eliminates him, although it does seem like a lot of writers are drawing a line in the sand between when there's no testing and then testing positive when there was testing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the fact he's done it twice probably does make a bigger difference. Wow. So I, I don't say he's entirely eliminated. I bet he remains in the ballot for a little bit, but I don't think, I don't think he'll be a Hall of Famer. I just don't think he's entirely eliminated. Okay. Being a Hall of Famer. Uh, yeah, I guess you and I are sort of a little different there. I, th- I, I think this, this kills him. I really do. I think it puts him as a one and done. But yeah. we can see, we'll, we'll see. I mean, even Rafi, Pal- I mean, Palmero even stayed on the ballot for four years, and he lied to Congress knowing he was about to be suspended. So uh, you never <laughs> know exactly true. how things are going to go. But, yeah, but, yeah. but, but look, okay, Rafi had better stats, though. True. True. Yeah. All right. Jeff Kent, eighth year, 27.5. Eh. I like Jeff. If he gets to 30, it's a win. Uh, that's all I can say. Yeah. I don't think Kent's getting in. Um, he was a very, very good player. Still has the single dumbest excuse for a... Uh, Injury of all time, simple, easily disproven. He was watching his truck and fell and hurt his ankle when he really, you know, was riding a motorcycle and crashed. Um, well, maybe but, the truck uh, was near where he was washing his motorcycle. <laughs> I guess, yeah, he was watching his motorcycle while driving in the back of the truck. <laughs> Could have um, been. Could have been. been. And he is also the only member, only person to appear and survive who's on this list. So he's got that going for that, him. Well, there, that there's that. There's that. Uh, Andrew Jones, who I really like. Yeah. Uh, I hope he... I'd vote for him. Would you? Injury, injuries killed him. I'd ha- I have to look at this whole list here as to who I'd actually vote for. Um, would I vote for... Well, let's come back to that. Okay. All right, so we got he, next. He, he, week. If, I, if, if, I, if I go and vote for 10, he may not make it. All right, so then we got so. Sammy Sosa, who is, oh my God. Uh, Sammy Sosa, as much as he's got all these issues, should Sammy be this far down? There's something else going on with Sammy I don't quite understand, because, like, He's not even allowed around the Cubs until he apologizes for something I don't quite understand about that either. So, I, the answer to that is no. He should not be this far down. But then again, Andrew Jones shouldn't be this far down either. Um, yeah, I, yeah, I mean, he's never getting in. I, I think with so, Sammy, though, in comparison, and I already know where you said this, but... Sammy was with that guy who a lot of writers and a lot of reporters bought into him being a great guy. 
and it turned out he wasn't. Yeah. Whereas Clemens and Bonds, they were great players, but nobody, even in their elite, thought, you know what, let's hang out with Barry. Barry's a great guy. And maybe that's a little bit part of why Sammy's votes are so bad. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, there may be something to that. I, I, I don't know. Also, I don't think, like I made the joke earlier, but I don't think the skin bleaching thing he did is helping him because it's making him seem crazy. Um, that's true, too. No, but it does. Yeah. Like, you're not, it's, it's a very strange look that Sammy Sosa has. Uh, Sammy is one of those guys like, oh my God, I love you. And like, oh, you lied to me? And that affects the people who are voting for him. Sammy has no shot. The fact that he's still there is incredible. But yet his overall number, which what was it last year, uh, 13.9% for a guy that Shit, like in 1998, if you were to say that he's at 13, this percentage of the ballot, not in the Hall of Fame, who would have believed it? Well, I mean, who would have believed that McGuire wouldn't be in at this point either? That's true. I mean, that's what, that's what I think would have been McGuire's 15th year. Right. Yeah, no, I agree. But Sosa had better overall numbers than McGuire. Yeah, agreed. So, I mean, the, the whole thing is very strange. Uh, Sammy's not getting in, and he's not going to get to 20%. There's a couple guys here left that I want your take on. Andy Pettit, who I've said is the stereotype, or not stereotype, is the blueprint. All right, you took steroids. This is how you handle it. Uh, let's yeah, say, I mean, he, he, he only used it once, so. <laughs> right. But, but he can't, well, in terms of the press, so I mean, like Pettit got a bit of a pass, but would Pettit be a hall of famer anyway? And I'm not sure. I do think it's weird with those Yankees teams that, I mean, Pettit was pretty much the number two starter behind Clemens at that point. Mm-hmm. And David Wells, you could say, was number three or four. But the, Mucina is the only guy from those guys who may get in. Very strange. Um, but, yeah, Pettit, is, Pettit was very, very good. I never considered Pettit to be a Hall of Famer. He was, he was the Yankees' version of Derek Lowe to me. Um, <laughs> a good pitcher under pressure, better than Derek Lowe. But a good pitcher under pressure but not someone who I was like, that guy's fantastic or amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, so I'm thinking of all those, those Yankees pitchers. How many of them I would take over Pettit? I would have taken Clemens, Randy Johnson. David Wells scared the hell out of me every time he's up there. I would take David Wells. Uh, I'd probably take David Cohn. Uh... Now getting into like the Jimmy Key, uh, uh, Brown. I can't think of Brown's first name right now. 
I can think of his first name. Uh, I can think of his first name. Well, Kevin? He's there forever. Kevin Brown, thank you. Kevin Brown, a range. That's where we are with Pettit. You know, I mean, I take, I probably take Lucina ahead of him too. Mm-hmm. So now we're talking like the sixth. I mean, he was there for a long time. He's like the sixth best Yankees pitcher of his era. Like, how many are we gonna? How many will we do? So, yeah. Not for enough. I, I, he's, a, he's a very good player. He's not a Hall of Famer. All right. Uh, so we have uh, the last guy who returned, Bobby Abreu. I love Bobby Abreu. I really do. I know you do. But I, do. I don't think he's a Hall of Famer. I'm sorry. You broke up there. You do or don't? Do not. Do not? Yeah, I don't think he is either. He's, he's a very good player, though. I'm glad he got more than one year on the ballot. I think he'll remain on the ballot again this year, and I think he's going to fall off next year. Yeah. Uh, and and it's, nothing, uh, it's nothing against Abreu. I would love to have him on my team. And in terms of overall... Hall of Fameness, if that's a word. No, he's not there, but I'm thrilled, like legit thrilled, he made it to another ballot. Uh, so I, I've got yeah. actually another uh, bet for you. I think I'm up now. Well, I'm down two because you were up four. I'm gonna win. I'm gonna win the Patriots not winning the the division. You are not. I'm not. I am. You are not. The Patriots are going to win that division. I don't care what you say. Okay, They're fine. four and five right now. They're four and five right now, and they're still going to win the division. All right, then. <laughs> You're delusional, but that's okay. Uh, uh, actually, I am delusional. The, the Dolphins are actually going to win the division because they legitimately play nobody other than the Patriots between now and the end of the year. All right. Uh, they okay. play... Okay. So so before the, the we have all this all, I'm down four. All right, I'm down four, but I mm-hmm. no, I'm down three because I won the Houston one. Yeah, you won the Houston bet. Okay, because it wasn't a season. <laughs> don't care. I don't care. It's a win. It's a win. Here's going to be the bet that I'm going to make. We've got Mark Burley, okay. AJ Burnett. Michael Kadir, sorry, uh, no, Bur- yeah, Burley, Burnett, Kadir, Heron, Troy Hawkins, Tim Hudson, Tory Hunter. I'm going to give you an over under of seven point five of the total group. votes. Yep, let's pick over. Well, under. I get a, a total of seven point five or more. Seven point five percent. All right, so looking at these guys, Swisher and Kadir should be zeros. Mm-hmm. Um, just automatically. Burnett, probably a zero. Heron, probably a zero. Maybe a one for one of those guys. Victorino, the flying Hawaiian. A uh, very fun player on a couple championship teams. Uh, I'd say he's also the probably a zero, though. But Troy Hawkins, 21 years in the league. I don't think well, Troy Hawkins gets, he probably gets maybe a couple votes. Barry Zito, 
and Tim Hudson kind of go together, both of those A's teams. I'd say Hudson probably gets more. Um, I think Zito is probably getting no more than one or two. Hudson might get three or four. And then the three I think may get some votes are Aramis Ramirez, Mark Burley, and Tory Hunter. Um, okay. So five percent. So seven point five percent. Mm-hmm. Ooh. We got to go over or under. I'll take the. I'll take the opposite. Hmm. I have to think about this one, man. That's that's a good number. Thank you. Seven point five percent. Good number. Um. So I'm looking at last year. Canerco, Jason Giambi, Alfonso Soriano combined for 5.5 on their own. Chavez and Cliff Lee got us a 6.5. And then at 7.7, adding in the votes for Adam Dunro, Labanias, Brad Penny, and J.J. Poots. Um, it's so crazy to me. JJ Pritz got a vote, and Josh Beckett, who is major part of two championship teams, did not. Um, I'll take the over, barely. Wow. Okay, that's our bet. Yeah, I think I think you're expecting to have to take the over. Yeah, I, I'm I was actually. That, I'm going to say that with the fewer people on the ballot, that uh, that Burley. I've already seen one vote for Burley out there. Yeah, I saw that I know he's too. One. Um, so I'm going to say Burley gets about three, three and a half percent. Uh, Hunter gets about two percent. And Aramis Ramirez gets like one and a half. Mm-hmm. And so between the three of them, that gets three and a half, and that gets me almost seven. So, and then the rest just get made up and off votes for, you know, Shane Victorino invited someone to his wedding, so they decided to vote for him. Very nice. Situation. Okay. So, so yeah, I'm, I'm going to say it's going to be barely over. I think wow. it's going to be over. All right. I love this bet. Uh, do we close off here with a couple uh, big deaths? Uh, Paul Horning. Yeah, I mean, yeah, one the handsomest and most dangerous man in in football at one point. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's this is a fourth big uh, Greenwood Packer to pass away. Yeah, the Packers have had a the Packers and the Chiefs have had tough years mm-hmm. with this stuff. Um, another, uh, and the Dolphins have too. Uh, we'll get to the other one, but yeah. Um, yeah, so, yeah it's, so it's been it's been a tough year. I mean, what, what do you want to say about Horning? I mean, this is your site. You have a well, lot of stuff on him, I'm sure. I, I I think my biggest thing with Horning is, and maybe I'm mistaken on this. So, like when Paul Horning and uh, Alex Karras got suspended, why did like why was uh, Horning sort of like getting a pass, and Karras did not get in to like ten, fifteen years after he died? What am I not understanding? There, there must be something. The People end. really hated Webster. Well, I hated Webster, <laughs> but 
<laughs> it was an it was an awful show. But no, you no, know, maybe you're onto something. Like when I when I look at back at um, oh crap, uh, I'm blanking here. Uh, the Green Bay Packer who just finally got in. Uh, offensive lineman. Still alive. Oh. Uh, crap. Hold on. Um, yeah, it's, it's on the tip of my brain. Keep talking, I'll get it. It's yeah, which is, which is sad because I actually interviewed him from the site. Well, man, you, you either need to drink more or less. So that's all I can say yeah, about some, that. Yeah, something like that. fact. But I do believe there's something with the people who are invo- who are voting that if, especially if you're a writer, if that person sort of became a bigger deal than you did, it does affect your opinion. Jerry Kramer. Thank you. What the hell? Yeah, right? it, was, yeah, I, I, it was there. I just couldn't think of it. But yeah, yeah, Jerry Kramer. Right. So, I mean, like, Jerry Kramer was actually one of the first... I can't believe I couldn't remember his name, but I can remember everything else about him. Uh, so Jerry Kramer was one of the first athletes, not just football players, just athletes in general, to have a top 10 New York Times bestseller. So if you were like one of these artists, or writers, whatever, and this guy did something that you couldn't do, mm. it kind of plays with you. Especially, and I, and I did get to interview him. The man's a genius. I I talked to him. I I felt after after interviewing him, like just like a better person, just for like the twenty minutes I, t- I spoke with the guy. Wow. It is one of my most favorite interviews I've ever done. Wow. By a wide margin, and. Does that make some kind of jealousy for people on the other thing? Yeah, I'd say so. They very well may. I, I mean, I never understood how Jerry Kramer. I mean, Jerry Kramer was number one on your list for yes, a long he was. time. A long time. And for the very reason, it's just like, how do you, how do the same people who have him as like the top 50 players of all time, top 75? He's the only one left. It wasn't that hard to figure out, really. Yeah, I mean, he was a five-time first-team All-Pro. Mm-hmm. Member of the NFL's all-decade team in the 60s. Member of the 50, 50th anniversary all-time team. Uh, two-time second-team All-Pro. Two-time champion for the Super Bowl. Five-time NFL champion pre-Super Bowl. Like, and and... I know we're talking about Paul Horning. Horning was a two-time first-team All-Pro, one-time second-team All-Pro. Now, to be fair, it took Horning 12 times on the ballot to finally get in. So there was a long wait for him to get there. Um, But he's been in since 86, and Jerry Kramer just got in, what, two years ago? Right. But then Horning was also in the same um, group where it was him and Alex Karras who were left off or sorry, who were suspended in the same year. Right. So for gambling, right. So 
is horning that much better than... posthumously, but that was his first time ever appearing on a ballot. Right. So is horning that much better than Karras? And I don't think so. No. I mean, other than that, Karras played for the Lions, and the Lions have won one playoff game since 1957. Right. So it was just one of those weird things that... I wonder about also because like Alex Garris became a celebrity, you know, just from, mm-hmm. uh, you know, being Mongo in Blazing Saddles, uh, being a bit in, Mon- in uh, Monday Night Football. Alex Garris is one of those few people that there are a lot of people who, when they think of him, have no idea that he was a football player. There's that's, no- yeah, I mean, that's also true. His, his role as Mongo may be just as famous, honestly, at this point. It is. It is. And, and that does... Does that matter to some of the voters? Maybe. I don't know. It shouldn't, but... Maybe it does. Yeah. But, but to answer your question, by the way, Karras uh, was a three-time first-team All-Pro and six-time second-team All-Pro. Mm-hmm. So Horning was twice first-team and one second-team. And Karras was three-time first team and six-time second team and never even got nominated until this past year when he got in, eight years after he passed away. He passed away in 2012 at the age of 70. So I guess uh, the last person to look at uh, today is uh, Jake Scott. Yeah. Um, Actually, before we get to Jake Scott, can I just... uh, can we just mention the um, the Black College Hall of Fame for a second? Oh, sorry. Yeah, please. Yeah, I was just I, my my transition here is also elected for on his first nomination, uh, like Alex Karras with Winston Hill last year, mm-hmm. and Winston Hill was now a in a member of the Black College Football Hall of Fame um, on a pretty pretty interesting class that they had this year. Um, so. Among the people who were nominated, I think we went through this a few weeks ago, were Ben Coates, uh, Donald Driver, um, uh, Nate Newton, Albert Lewis, uh, some other pretty big names in in uh, football. Jake Reed uh, was a pretty good wide receiver up in for the Vikings, but we had a class that included Winston Hill. They had a, a uh, five player class. All of them are players you were familiar with. Hill's the only one who's in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Uh, but we had Coy Bacon. Do you, re- you remember Bacon when we talked about this earlier? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we talked about him. Uh, former uh, uh-huh. Cincinnati Bengal, who did very, very well there. Yeah, he led the league in uh, sacks in his first year of the Bengals in 76. He had 21 and a half sacks in 1976. 21 and a half is a very large number of sacks. Well, unofficial sacks, um, but yes. They're unofficial? When do they start keeping them? 82. Oh. Okay. Well, I'm taking this off for them, so they must have been unofficial then. Um, so anyway, Coy Bacon, who passed away in 2008, was elected. Uh, Greg Coleman, a punter, mm-hmm. was elected. Uh, the first African-American punter in NFL history. Um member of the Vikings 40th anniversary team. He played at, oh, by the way, uh, Corey Bacon played at Jackson State, Greg Coleman at Florida A&M, the Rattlers. 
and any Greg Coleman memories you want to share? <laughs> for, for, from uh, the, the Rattlers, no. I got nothing. Got nothing. Okay. Uh, Jimmy Giles, who is a tight end from Alcorn State, who played for the uh, Oilers, Buccaneers, and Lions and Eagles, four-time pro bowler, uh, member of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, uh, Buccaneers Ring of Honor, was elected. Um, already brought up Hill, who played at Texas Southern. Um and is in the New York Jets Ring of Honor now Hall of Famer as of uh, well he wouldn't have been inducted this year had they had a ceremony he was elected this year mm-hmm. and Roy and Roy Young uh, safety and defensive back also at Alcorn State uh, three time All SWAC uh, conference performer um, uh, played for the Eagles mainly from eighty to eighty eight as Pro Bowl selection in eighty one playing the Super Bowl that year um, and. Uh, coach Willard Bailey, who was the coach of Norfolk State, St. Paul's College, Virginia University of Lynchburg, had 238 uh, career wins uh, and won seven Central Intercollegiate Athletic Association Conference Championships. So, well, that's a pretty big deal. Yeah. yeah. This, I just figured it was a good time to transfer that since we just talked about Winston L. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, so, yeah, but, uh, so I guess we will close up with uh, Jake Scott. Yeah, so uh, just before we get to Jake Scott, too, let me just go through a couple other people who we should probably just mention who passed away this week. Yeah, please. Um, a couple of uh, NBA champions, uh, Walt Davis, uh, who played for two-time NBA champion for the Philadelphia Warriors and St. Louis Hawks. Also a gold medalist in the 1952 Olympics. Um, uh, in, he, in the high jump, despite being born of polio and uh, being an, able to walk for three years when he was a kid. Mm. Uh, kind of an amazing story. He's a member of the Texas Sports Hall of Fame um, and uh, passed away at the age of 89 um, earlier this week. Also, a beloved... Um, and he loved bench warber on the 1981 Celtics, Terry Durod, uh, who was uh, literally the last guy on the bench and was uh, Brian Scalabrini of his time. Uh, <laughs> this week. Um, his number was retired by the Detroit Mercy t- Titans, but he, uh, he spent his time after the NBA as a, as a Detroit firefighter. Hmm. Um, who had passed away after suffering from leukemia at the age of 64. I remember seeing stuff. I was a little too little to remember him, but I've seen stuff since then of all the fans shooting, do when they're big up to get them into the game. Uh, but he passed away earlier this week. Um, a couple other folks from uh, uh, gold medalist uh, for the Soviet Union at the 1968 uh, Games, a wrestler, and one of the most famous ones out there, Boris Gorovich, passed away. A uh, member of the International Jewish Sports Hall of Fame. Oh, okay. Um, uh, so he was born in, via Ukraine, but wrestled for the Soviet Union and, and passed away earlier this week at the age of... He was born in 37, so does that make him? Hmm. Uh, 83, am I doing that math right? Yeah, it's 83. Um, Lindy McDaniel, who was a... Pitcher for 20 years, mostly for the 
Yankees, but he's also played with the uh, Cardinals, the Cubs, the Royals, and the Giants. I had 141 career wins, 119 losses, two-time All-Star, but both in 1960, back when they sent the two All-Star games. Had 141 wins, 119 losses, and 172 saves, back when saves were a lot harder to get. Mm -hmm. Um, But he passed away uh, earlier this week, I believe, of COVID. Yes, at the age of 84. And then two guitarists. Uh, One, Tony Hooper um, of Straubs. Uh, So he was one of the founding members of Straubs. Uh, Also their main uh, songwriter. Passed away at the age of 77. And the original... uh, Excuse me. The original guitarist of the Turtles, Jim Tucker, passed away uh, earlier this week at the age of how old was Tucker? At the age of seventy-four. So there we go. Just cleaning out all the folks who the Turtles are one of those bands who I never think you get in, but people people just remember Happy Together and have a higher opinion of them because I still see them on, on some people's lists of bands from the 60s who probably deserve induction rock hall. I disagree, but they're at least in the discussion still. So, there's, that's Scott. Yeah, there's a lot of happiness around the Turtles. Uh, I'm a little bit biased also because there's a lot of happy Turtles around here. Oh, yeah, there you go. I mean, if we've learned anything from Finding Nemo, no, are they happy? They talk with Surfer X. Yeah, so I'm sorry about that. Uh, so so happy together dude (laughs) come here little squirt I'm telling you man I was like I can't go anywhere without somebody saying like uh, do you want to swim with the turtles yeah when my wife and I were in we were on the island of Gili Manu which is an island off the coast of Bali and we took a boat out there for a day and uh, we're just walking around and they had uh, the folks who used to live in, on that island used to eat the turtle eggs as a source of food. And uh, a Dutch-based organization came there and um, convinced the folks that they found them to bring the turtle eggs to them so they would hatch them. And now so many people come to see the turtles that they've hatched from this island of Gili Manu that they like everybody's doing much better just from getting people to stop doing that. But when we were there, we paid 10 bucks and got to take one of the turtles that hatched out of a tank and release them into the ocean. So that was kind of cool. We got to name them, and we put our names down, and then we released Fillmore, the turtle, into the ocean. And fortunately, he did not get immediately eaten by a shark. That would have been a little distressing. Um, but yeah, so uh, turtles are cool. In on turtles. Yeah, I'm a little biased. So I have a little pet turtle here, but that's another story for another time. Nice. All right. So, Jake Scott. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, former Miami Dolphin, just MVP, Super Bowl. Just, <sighs> seems so sad. Just uh, fell down and... Not fell down, just... Just never he, recovered. He fell and suffered head injuries. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's like... A great player, another like another icon in Dolphins history. It, it's uh, 
Hmm. It's, it's so sad just to have another one sort of pass away, but this might sound a little, a little goofy. I'm just sort of like happy that he, that it wasn't because of any kind of head injury. I mean, like this, I guess was, but like yeah, concussion is head injury from falling down a set of stairs is a little bit different. Right. Yeah. Um, But yeah, just like like a, a, a big figure in arguably the greatest NFL team of all time, and they'll let you. They'll make sure you realize that too. <laughs> well, that's true too. That's true too. Yeah, although although as a Patriots fan, I can't imagine how insufferable I would have been if the Patriots had gone undefeated in two thousand and seven. No, wouldn't, why wouldn't you? I would have too if I was the same. If, like as a Saints fan, if, if I could sort of like pull that off, I'd be the exact same way. So yeah, I, I wish Jake Scott would have received a little bit more press than he has. But it, but it mm-hmm. wasn't that he wasn't ignored. Yeah, I mean he's he's a five-time Pro Bowler. Two-time first-team All-Pro, three-time second-team All-Pro, Super Bowl MVP at Super Bowl VII. Mm-hmm. Um, not, not that many defensive Super Bowl MVPs. Uh, also, got to be one of the few people from Washington and League uh, High. Well, I guess Washington Lee High School in Arlington, Virginia. He actually ended up going to Georgia for college. I, for a second, I read, read that wrong. They went to Washington Lee uh, University for for uh, college. I misread that. But played with the BC Lions. For a year, um, but yeah, uh-huh. he uh, remember the Dolphins honor roll. Just his main problem, the main problem for a lot of those guys, because I mean, the only member of that no name defense in the Hall of Fame is Nick Boncotti, the late Nick Boncotti, um, and Jake Scott. Probably got an argument for being another uh, from that team, probably. I'd say he's probably next in line if you're going to duck the person from that team. His problem is he plays safety. And up until legitimately the last five years, there was no position on the field outside of special teams that was more ignored than safety. Yeah, um, I for agree. The so yeah. we may have gotten to the point where they came back around to A.J. Scott, although, you know, the, uh, the seniors' pool is so deep that, I mean you're going to need to free dive in order to get to the bottom of it at this point. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think that that was part of his problem for not getting in. They, they, they're like, Oh, we got Juan Connie in now that we've taken care of that defense and he played safety, uh, which made it a little bit harder. So, but definitely somebody who should have been much more in the hall of fame conversation than he was. Right. All right. So from here, where do we go next week? I guess something is going to come up because it always does. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I'm sure somebody's going to die. Because <laughs> in 2020. It's <laughs> right, so, just so, the way it has gone this year. This right. year has been absolutely brutal in terms of what we talk about. I mean, I brought up the, just the athletes, but like, uh, I mean, I brought up the singers a few weeks ago. Like, just the number of huge artists who passed away. Starting at the beginning of the year with Neil, Neil Peart, 
uh, all the way through Little Richard, and like it just it uh, it's just been a it's just been a brutal year for death. And I'm hoping my hope is now that COVID is exploding again in this in this country. First of all, we were supposed to be traveling starting tomorrow to go to Boston to go see my mom for Thanksgiving. We're gonna drive because we weren't sure at the time we would be buying tickets what the situation would be. But we ultimately decided it didn't make sense because we have to stop places along the way and then quarantine when we got back. But I'm hoping that Thanksgiving doesn't end up being a vector for like an even bigger outbreak. You know what I mean? Um, I know that they have vaccines which should be on the way shortly, but I'm worried about what's going to happen between now and then. So I'd really like to get through flu season with and flu season and COVID season at the same time seems terrifying to me. And I'm hoping that we get through this relatively unscathed, but I have a feeling we will not. Rabbit season, duck season, rabbit season, duck season. Yes, and then it always ends as it ends as it always does. With Donald or Donald, Daffy Duck getting shot in the face. <laughs> You say Donald Trump getting shot in the face? No, I was going to say Donald Duck, and then no, no, yeah, that was that was uh, I was going to say Donald Duck, and somehow I screwed up my Warner Brothers, and but yeah, that was that was awkward. That with uh, the president's name, that was not intentional. All good. FBI, please don't come. FBI, please don't come out. (laughs) Nice. Well, we'll come up with something for next week, and we hope everyone stays safe. Yeah. So, yeah, have a uh, happy American Thanksgiving. I know Chris, uh, Canadian already happened. So. Yes, it did. It did. All right, take care. Thank you all for listening. Stay safe, everyone, and look for a lot more content from us at nonhalloffame.com.